Welcome back to our third segment. And we are here with uh, Don Waddell, Colonel Don Waddell, and Derek Hendricks, and uh, both veterans, uh, both from different generations, Vietnam veteran and uh, Afghanistan. And uh, we are talking about freedom and the price of freedom that uh, it's not just a bumper sticker. Freedom is not free. It costs something. And uh, uh, we're talking a little bit about that today on on the show. So, Don, you mentioned in, in the break uh, mm-hmm. a vivid example of where there's where there was not freedom. Yep. Describe that. Well, it, it was so graphic to me, and it kind of snuck up on me. I didn't necessarily expect it to happen. Uh, I was stationed in, in Germany, and uh, Bitburg, Germany at the time, and you recall in 1988, 1989, the, the wall came down in, in Berlin, and pretty soon the Iron Curtain began to crumble, and my daughter and I were talking about those events, and we said, well, you know, we can go drive over into East Germany now if we want to. I mean, we just, you just didn't do that before, and so she said, well, okay, let's, let's go to East Germany. So she and I packed a lunch. We got in our car and drove in the Audubon. And I think it was the most dramatic illustration, I think, of the difference between freedom and the absence of freedom against uh, uh, American people who are industrious and patriotic and those people who are subjugated by another, uh, another government. So we drove in, and it was just the contrast between West Germany, modern, um, well, uh, well-funded, uh, and then East Germany, where people had been subjugated for uh, probably at that time about 40 years. Because when we drove in through the uh, customs area and we drove in, all of a sudden the roads that were four-lane autobahns became two lanes with uh, just in disrepair. And I, I remember so. Uh, dr- uh, Dramatically, as we went into, it was Eisenach, as a matter of fact, where we went. Uh, we went in Eisenach, and we just started walking around, and the buildings weren't painted. And nobody smiled. We walked into a store, and there were some, some items on the, uh, for sale, but there was dust on them. And it was just, it was so depressing to be in the circumstances because there wasn't freedom. People were constrained by their government, and, and, and it was just a dramatic illustration, I thought. And, and then when we got through uh, touring to Eisenach, we got in our car and we went out into uh, driving through the forested area, and there was a, a meadow out in the meadow, and out in the meadow were two World War II German tanks. And we're thinking, well, this is an, a monument, it's a museum uh, to World War II or whatnot. And so we got out of our car and we walked up to the tanks, and they, it wasn't a monument at all. It was two World War II German Panzer tanks, which were abandoned when their operators left them when the war was over. And nobody had bothered to move the tanks or repair the area. And it was just such a depressing example of what a culture that uh, is godless, uh, the culture that is uh, does not have freedom and democracy, and what that does to communities uh, around the nation. Sometimes, Don, we can... We can be negative about our country. We can be negative about uh, the things that go- are going on and the political climate and the the, the, di- the differences, and we can focus on our differences, and we can even have some pretty serious disagreements. But at the end of the day, when when we look at the freedom that we have and the, the, what it costs, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Right. And... Um, that's that's uh, and so with that in mind, I, I want to talk with you guys about going to the front lines. I mean, because it 
uh, in the break, Derek, you were commenting about, you know, this is, it's complicated. This is, this is not an easy, these are not easy decisions, but you guys have both served in war and uh, take our listeners to the front lines so that we can have a better understanding. And so, because the goal is, I, I want us to, at the end, go, God, thank you for our freedom. And thank you for the, the men and women who have served. So take us to the front yeah. lines. Yeah, well, first I would say that when I think of freedom, you know, I have to be, I have to be specific for myself because it is, it's an important idea, and it's one that we kind of sometimes uh, maybe get the, we, we forget where, where we find freedom and in one of the places that we find the definition of freedom, I think, is in our Bill of Rights. At least it's there. You know, it's in, it's in other places. But in the Bill of Rights, when we consider the freedoms that we have outlined there in those, those, ten, uh, those ten statements, you know, that's, uh, at least from the military's perspective, certainly when we think of freedom and the ideals which shape uh, what we embody as servicemen and women, it's at least there. So um, when we're fighting for freedom, we're fighting to preserve a way of government that is like that, that is seen in, in, in the Bill of Rights and in the Declaration of Independence and the rest of our Constitution. Um, so th- that must be a place we go to to consider this question, what is freedom? What are we fighting for? It's to preserve that. And, and when you look at a particular day in conflict, for example, in Afghanistan, when you look at a season, when you look at the mission that a particular soldier or airman is giving to car- given to carry out and follow through with, it's sometimes hard to see how to translate their experience into fighting for freedom. And, and that's what I meant by it's complicated. Um, for example, uh, day in and day out when I was in Afghanistan, uh, we spent most of our time bringing stability to the district that we were assigned to. And, and there, it, was, it seemed like one step forward, two steps back. And some days, many days, you're left wondering, is this worth it? Is this... Uh, is this the cause that I signed up to, to join? And, and that, I think it's an honest question. And, and you have to be able to, uh, especially in the face of death and the face of loss, you have to, you have to be, you have to be grounded. And, and for me, my ultimate grounding came in, uh, knowing that it was, it was God who ordered my steps that as I, as I moved around the earth of Afghanistan, not sure if I was going to step on a trigger plate that was going to detonate a roadside bomb, or if my truck was going to, uh, head in the wrong direction, or we'd find ourselves in, in a firefight whatever it be. Uh, there was a point where I, I, I was grounded ultimately in the fact that my life was directed, uh, by the God of the universe and that he loved me, and I could trust in that. On top of that, uh, or I, I, I'm sorry, below that, um, is, a, is a trust that uh, there was good that we were bringing to the people in, in our local mission there in Zabal province in Afghanistan. And we, we, we created roads, we brought security, we brought infrastructure. Uh, we, we, of course, tried to suppress the influence of the Taliban uh, where we were. And, and we saw progress. So I'm fortunate to be able to uh, see these things add up in a way that brings me assurance um, as I look back on the loss that our unit experienced in, in the death of a few soldiers that year. Um, but ultimately, that's not, not everyone's experience, and it doesn't always add up to assurance. 
that they um, did the right thing, that they were fighting uh, for the right cause. So I, I want to say uh, to anyone listening who's questioning that right now, um, just to, to, to trust in God, to trust in God and the way that he orders our steps and, and the way that he uh, charges nations and, and uh, directs nations and governments to carry out even things like war. And as servants to the nation, um, we, we are also um, directed and, and servants of God. So um, that, that's a place to, to trust and, and rest in uh, ultimately, I think, and I hope that's encouraging to some. Derek, when you when when you were over there in Afghanistan, and you, the, the, there would be loss of life, mm-hmm. um, and you're you're trusting the Lord. Yeah, you are a follower of Jesus. Yeah. Um, how did you, uh, when fear would would begin to come, uh, you know, come upon you? How did you yeah. handle that? Thankfully, at one point, uh, what comes to mind is a verse. Um, some trust in hor- horses and some trust in chariots, but t- we trust in the name of the Lord, our God. And, you know, in, in this day and age, of course, horses and chariots translate to my striker vehicle and, you know, all this electronic warfare that we have to defeat IEDs and all that. Um, and I, I, God ministered to me through the Holy Spirit, giving me a peace and rest in his, his sovereignty. Um, and... Uh, a lot faded away, you know, uh, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. The things of the earth will go strangely dim in light of his glory and grace. And, and that's where I had to remain on my best days, but those were my best days. And the worst days, it, it looked very different than that. Mm. Don, you saw a lot of loss of life um, in Vietnam. How did you, how did you handle that? Well, I think that's one of the most striking differences between the army uh, on the ground yes. and the Air Force flying around. Uh, for the Army, war is up close and personal. And uh, for the Air Force, it's more objective and abstract and impersonal. You're flying along in a force ship and a, a SAM missile comes up or AAA and your wingman air, airplane explodes. You know, you don't see him, you don't see his face, you don't ever see him again. You land, you debrief and you mourn, but you kind of move on because it is abstract. With the Army, it just can't be that way. So um, I think that says a lot about just the nature of how we as warriors uh, deal with warfare. And, you know, Derek mentioned the Band of Brothers. And, uh, I mean, that was that was clearly uh, up close and personal and, uh, and gripping. And you just don't see that so much in uh, fighter pilots who are going off to war because... Uh, associations aren't nearly as uh, as close mm. Mm. we're going to take a break we're going to come back for one final segment uh, with our two veterans on this special fourth of july edition of solid steps radio welcome back to our fourth as in fourth of july get that did you see the connection i made there fourth and final segment nice. yeah thank you very much nice. you know it's kind of been working on that all week, but uh, we're here to talk about. Uh, it's our Fourth of July edition, meaning we're talking about independence, and we've got the only to, to me the people who have a right to talk about it are two mm-hmm. veterans who are talking about their experiences in the military and, and their perspectives on freedom. We want to thank our sponsors: Carol Rogers Carpet One, Vision First, Ellen and Credit Union, and Bright Star Home Care. So, Don, uh, <laughs> you you've got a list of uh, applications for mm-hmm. us, us civilians, us <laughs> us common folk who. Have not had the the 
honor and the privilege to serve in the military. Um, I, I, how, on this independence, you know, this week of, of celebrating Independence Day, the 4th of July, what, give us some things of, that we can think about and that we can um, be grateful for right. and ponder. That, that's well said. I th- I, there are five applications, I think, as I thought about talking about Independence Day. Number one, fly the American flag on holidays. You know, I just in neighborhoods, that used to be something we always did. But you drive through the neighborhoods, you just don't see American flags that often. I personally fly the American flag, but I've only fly it on designated days because I want to go out and put it up and have it up for a while and then take it down so it's not just doesn't become commonplace. So fly the American flag, buy one. Uh, you can also go to national cemeteries. I think Zachary Taylor close by is one of my favorite ones. And they're just, you can walk among the graves and think about the sacrifice that was made for people for your freedom and my freedom and maybe take a 50 cent flag and put it on, on the grave. But it's just recognition of, of uh, of what we owe to these people who've given their lives uh, for us. That's that, a, I, I yeah. love that. Go to a cemetery yeah. and just walk through yeah. and ponder and reflect. These people gave their life. And read the names because that name is a real person. That's, you know, a, and, that's a person created in the yeah. image of God. And I think it's more therapy for me than it is for anybody else. But go to a cemetery, uh, donate to nonprofits that support troops and veterans. There are just dozens of them out there. Um, and they can use that money and channel it to families and channel it to veterans. Uh, fifthly, vote. That's always important. And then finally, pray for our troops and the family and our beloved nation. Um, we depend on the military, and we want to have a, a good military. And I think when we start talking about soldiers returning with PTSD or those that have skimped by on a, a private salary, it's just they, they need more people come back and um, they've got prosthetics and they've lost, lost arms and legs. It's, it's just a tragedy for the soldier. And the more we can empathize with them and the more we can pray and lift this up to God for healing, not only the individuals, but for our nation, I think it just turns us from looking inward to looking outward, particularly for the people who have served uh, our country. And, and Don, you've mentioned yesterday when I, I talked with you, the cost of the families. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, the wives, the spouses, the husbands, right. the, the kids pay a huge price. And often goes overlooked and neglected because the focus is on the guy wearing the uniform. But in a very real sense, Nancy Waddell served my 28 years along with me, and my kids had to endure things that they wouldn't otherwise have had to endure. You, you've, to you, you've said in, the last, in 28 years of serving you, that Nancy was the hero. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Derek, your thoughts? Well, on July 4th, uh, it's often a day of celebration, but I think for some, it's a day that brings grief. And, you know, whether that's the thought of a comrade who uh, who was killed in action, um, perhaps even uh, a, a service uh, person who was killed in an accident here in the U.S. while he was training, um, Perhaps it's it's even the the trauma that is still being um, unpacked and and uh, through you know we we know PTSD is now a word that's in our our culture's vocabulary but it still seems to be a, a distant uh, understanding for most of us um, but just bringing it home to my own 
life and upbringing on on July Fourth. Uh, my grandfather was was no was typically not near us while we were shooting off fireworks. Um, that brought back something about his time in the Korean War, and uh, you know I, I didn't understand that until I myself um, joined the military and. You know, my grandfather and I share share a special bond, but uh, there's so many uh, complexities mm-hmm. that come to a, a pinpoint on on a day like this. Um, one of those that's worth bringing to the surface is just how uh, increased uh, suicide is to my generation specifically as they continue uh, to cope with the trauma of war and what they've seen uh, over these last. Um, years since 2001 in Iraq and Afghanistan, the suicide rate has gone up uh, significantly. Um, and and why? I, I, I certainly can't say why uh, that has happened, but the, what is observable uh, is that it has and that there's significant hurt and suffering that's going on in many. Um, and, and that it, it's not just men, it's definitely women as well. It's not young uh, and, and single, it's family, family men and women as well. Uh, they're all around us, and they need to be uh, invited into our churches, into our community, and uh, we need to hear their story and walk with them. So, um, talk to us about how when people, some, I, I lived next to uh, a guy, a friend, loved, uh, who I loved, and and. But he did not want to talk about his time in Vietnam. Did not want to talk about it at all. I, I, I would bring it up because I wanted to learn. I wanted to know. What, what are some other things that we can do? So, some are open to talking. Others are not. Yeah. What, what can we do as people who want to support you guys? I, I think make, make a connection maybe, Kurt. Like you, you know my story. And I, I would, I, I've never met a veteran uh, personally who, who hasn't been willing to share their story with me. Um, and uh, so I, I would say there's a connection, uh, or a relationship that maybe can be formed. You know, if they are not willing to talk to you, I'd, be, I'd bet they're willing to talk to maybe a young veteran of uh, a, more, a more recent conflict. And, uh, and maybe that's a place to start. Um, and certainly those relationships should be formed um, and and developed in uh, those multi generational ways that that make up our our local churches, and it's a beautiful thing when when those things uh, begin to uh, bring a special bond, a new bond that wasn't there before. Mm. Don, any thoughts? No, I, I think we've talked about the difference between the Vietnam generation and the Gulf War generation, and it's just huge. The more interaction we can have to actually understand each other, uh, the better it is. And some of these organizations that I would mentioned earlier are great ways to interact with others and to uh, reach out and to, uh, well, just to develop the relationships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all about connecting. It's yeah. all about building relationships and, 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 and just listening. And I, I hope, listeners, as you're listening to this show, that you will find someone who's served and that you will mm. make that connection and that you will listen um, and listen to their story and have a heart of uh, understanding and compassion yeah. and gratefulness. 
because we are, uh, you know, Chad and I, we're sitting in this room with you guys. I, I, we are grateful. We are thankful for what you guys have done to give us freedom, to help provide freedom, to serve our country, to be a servant in our land. Mm. So thank you, guys. You're welcome, Kurt. Thank okay. you. Thank you very much. I'm going to ask you uh, both to just, uh, uh, just a simple prayer of thanksgiving and to pray for our country and to pray for us guys that we would honor um, those who need to be honored. Okay. Don, would you start out, yep. Derek, and you close, please? Yeah. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the United States of America. We thank you for this great nation that you've created. And we pray, Father, we would rededicate ourselves to uh, the men and women who serve the, uh, serve us in, uh, uh, in America and across the nation. But, Father, we pray for a spiritual revival within our nation that uh, we could once again become mm. uh, the one nation under God. Mm. And, God, we also pray that as uh, citizens of another kingdom, Mm. uh, citizens of your kingdom, uh, we would set our sights on another day, Mm. on on the day when uh, you will make all things new, and that uh, even though we're free from sin uh, now, uh, in in a sense, um, we're free from its power. We're not free yet from its presence, but that day is coming uh, when all freedom will be known, and we will be in your presence, and there will be uh, joy and, and pleasure in your presence um, that will just pale in comparison. Uh, Nonetheless, Father, we pray this weekend uh, for these men and women and their families who've experienced great loss. Minister to them and comfort Mm -hmm. them. um, Bring them uh, assurance of your goodness, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Mm. Thank you, Don. Thank you, Derek. Appreciate it. You know, in 1991, I was a senior in high school in the Gulf War broke out and uh, I remember in my history class talking to a guy next to me and we were talking about how we would get out of the war if we were ever drafted (laughs) and the embarrassment that I feel now Mm. in hindsight the cowardness that I felt uh, I I look at guys like this and uh, they get a free pass in my book they're heroes Mm. and Mm. so I thank you guys and I'm sorry for my cowardness and I'm thankful for your bravery Uh, and mm. uh, there's many people who can say the same thing? So, uh, so this is our Fourth of July edition. So, send this out. This is going to air the weekend before Fourth of July. Maybe send this to a veteran and thank him. And we also want to thank our firemen, mm-hmm. our policemen, absolutely, EMT, anybody who's a first responder who gets yeah. has to run in the building when everybody's running out. We're we are grateful. free because of those people too. And then so. go home to their families yeah. that night. Absolutely. Yeah. So, we thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio. Pass this along, and you can go to our Facebook page, SoundCloud.com, and just type in Solid Steps Radio. Hear this podcast commercial free in its entirety so thank you for listening and thank you for uh, forwarding this on to folks uh, to listen and to hear Solid Steps Radio